Welcome to the Fitness Nerds Podcast. This is co-host Ryan Smith with Coach Stephanie Holbrook, where we get a chance to geek out on all things fitness. Hi, everybody. Welcome again to the podcast. I'm excited to have swim coach and triathlon coach Frank Soul back, and he's going to talk about how important proper breathing is to your performance. Thank you, Frank. Hey, Steph. It's always good to be here and always good to see you. So, Frank, um, both of us have talked before about how important it is to use your diaphragm in breathing, and a lot of folks use, you know, don't use the diaphragm, breathe through their shoulders. Tell us a little bit about some of your research and breathing methods, how to coach breathing properly, and how um, some examples have you seen it improve people's performances. Yeah, it's a great, uh, great point, great questions you're bringing up, and, and, and let me let me just start off this way, Stephanie. In, in, over the years I've been coaching, I honestly believe one of the biggest challenges for some newer triathletes and triathletes in general is the inability to know how to breathe. And I believe in Western society, we are we're so rushed that we we we, we breathe up in our lungs. And we don't exercise our diaphragm properly uh, at all, and so we have this short, shallow breathing. Our breathing rate is way too high. So uh, you know, people who are practicing yoga and Eastern philosophies have a tendency to know how to breathe better. But in regards to swimming itself, um, what I notice a lot of athletes uh, shortchange their breath. And what I mean by that is they're not breathing in enough and they're not exhaling enough. So with that being said, um, it's not necessarily even breathing itself is the biggest problem. It's learning how to exhale is the problem. Uh, or the biggest challenge I find for athletes. To and push out the breath. Absolutely. Not, not only the breath, uh, let's boil it down to the simple biology of the body. Is the, uh, When we take a breath of air in, the body uses the oxygen necessary to supply the blood, you know, ATP, mitochondria. Then there's a byproduct called carbon dioxide. If we are not exhaling properly, we have an excessive buildup of carbon dioxide. The problem is, and the challenge is, is the body is not able to bring oxygen in on top of carbon dioxide. Hence, anxiety, hyperventilation, and panic attacks in the water. Uh, that could all be avoided, by the way, uh, most of the time. That's a good thing to know uh, and hear for a lot of triathletes because I've heard of a lot of folks, especially their first couple triathlons, having panic attacks. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I do believe there is a relationship, as, as we will get into the seven B's, we talked about being relaxed and breathing. And athletes have always talked to me about that and said, well, shouldn't I breathe before I'm before I, I'm able to be relaxed? And I said, now we're going to get into the chicken or the egg syndrome, what came first. As long as you're breathing properly, you have a better chance, chance of being relaxed. Once we start elevating our carbon dioxide levels over, over I think it's over 32%, our body will start to go into a semi-panic at that point. And let's wrap our body around, uh, uh, you know, neoprene, you know, wetsuits, and we're in the middle of the lake and we can't see, and now we're horizontal with our face in the water, it's easy to go into a panic attack. And what I'll tell people at that point, you need to get yourself into a breathing rhythm that is that is conducive to relaxation. Hence, people who come from yoga and who come from the martial arts, come from boxing, kickboxing, Pilates, generally have a better command of this. Right. And I think, you know, one of the reasons it seems a lot of people who are experienced triathletes, they're less likely to have a panic attack because they don't have those 
extra stressors on top of it. But even if with a an experienced athlete, it's important to use your diaphragm properly. And have you seen any experienced athletes that you really have helped change their breathing? Or do you feel like, you know, if you get to a certain level, you have to have that included or else you're not, you know, you're not going to get to that level? Well, again, that's a great question. You know, you, we, we, what I have experienced over specifically over the last few months is triathletes who are, are, are considerably what we would refer to as very good swimmers, but they plateau. So at that point, we have to start to identify and uh, really look at the the innocuous details of what they're doing. Everything from mechanics to breathing to their to their psyche, uh, their belief system. And we'll get into one of the you know we're going to get as we've already got into some of the seven Bs. That's one of my seven Bs is you know the belief that you can actually get better at this. And the breathing is. Um, is something that the first thing I always attack with good swimmers. And the breathing for many, many good triathletes falls under that classic category. They didn't know what they didn't know. And they just breathe and, and they didn't pay much attention to it. Where I will challenge athletes on race day to really lock into their breathing rhythm. And you have to be out there thinking about something. You can't be out there like a dead noodle, nothing can be done anything. So I tell people, concentrate on your breathing more on your exhalation. Listen to the rhythm. Lock into the rhythm. Learn how to exhale. The breathing will always take care of itself. There's a, uh, a wonderful old philosopher who once said, uh, learn how to exhale, and the inhalation will take care of itself. Is that something that you start out with new athletes? Do you start out telling them, hey, you need a, this is part of the whole process is breathing, or is it you work on form and Breathing first. Breathing Not to step on you, but I mean, I knew no, you were going to question. Breathing is, is the first thing. Um, be relaxed and breathe. And breathe or be relaxed. But the combination of those two are so critical. Um, going back to being relaxed, uh, Gary Collins, who's a great, great author who wrote many books on, uh, on business. Uh, one of them, one of the most exceptional books I've read is From Good to Great. He said that everything we do in life is done better from the state of relaxation. So swimming, uh, I see athletes who come to me and they are strong and they have great endurance, muscular endurance, aerobic endurance, but they're muscling themselves through the water. And if I can get them to relax, they're saying, wow, this is so much easier. I'm not breathing as hard. And if we can now get that elevated heart rate down and hold that and go doing a half Ironman or Ironman distance, even on Olympic or sprint, they're going to set themselves up for a better bike in a better one. Um, right. I, I am a previous muscled myself through a triathlon yeah. swimmer. And, right. and I can tell um, folks who are listening to this, because I, I did take Frank's swim clinic and it really helped me quite a bit. I did breathe easier, I, but I, I have worked on my diaphragm and my breathing was not a problem, but just the, the whole relaxation part and moving fluidly through the water was definitely a challenge that I have had. And, um, but focusing on the exhale also helps you focus on not like thinking about, oh, am I doing all the steps properly? And that's through drills that you, you're learning muscle memory, correct? That, absolutely, yeah, and that's it. I mean, again, like I said before, you, you have to be focused on something during swimming. You just can't shut it off 
Um, again, no disrespect to fellow coaches out there. It doesn't make them right and me wrong and me wrong and them right. But, you know, coaches will say in articles and other blogs and saying, stop thinking so much. And I'm not one of those coaches who say that. I said, you have to think about your swim. You have to think about your stroke and become, if, until it becomes a neuromuscular memory for you. Then the only time you think about it is when you're not doing it right. Uh, I miss a breath. I think about it then. I don't think about it normally when I'm doing it. So it is imperative that I work with new athletes, senior athletes, uh, meaning senior respects that they've been at it for a while. In respects, the first things we do is go over breathing. Um, we'll give them hot pops and drills to do in the pool, teach them how to work and exercise their diaphragm, give them breathing drills to do at night while they're lying in bed, and make them aware of their breathing six, seven, eight, ten times during the day. I ask my athletes to check in with their breathing all the time. Am I breathing in uh, and taking the breath deep in my belly, pressing that diaphragm down, and exhaling and pressing that diaphragm up? Counting my breaths per minute. I mean, the average person should be breathing about, um, if you are in, in, in exceptional shape, I don't know, seven to nine breaths per minute. Um, yeah, that's pretty, pretty low. Yeah, it yeah. is pretty low. Um, and if we're breathing right, you shouldn't have to breathe more than that. So becoming aware of your breath, becoming aware of your breathing is absolutely critical, especially if we have high-stress jobs. We, we, we're, we're locked into the grind of the, of the daily existence. i got to train, i got kids, I've got business, I've got phone calls to make, things like that. Breathing is the best way. Um, get on the 101 at 4 o'clock in the afternoon heading west, okay? That's enough to drive your blood pressure up. Start concentrating when you're breathing. Watch how all of a sudden the relaxation part starts to kick in. So I will always take that as a, a, a um, both sides of the coin. Be relaxed and breathe. Breathe and be relaxed. They have to go hand in hand. And it is not uncommon for me to walk up to my athlete before on race day is gone. Got your breathing right, locked, locked in? They'll say yes. Then you're going to be relaxed and we're ready to race. You've done the work. You've got to have that before you, you get out right. to the swim. So tell us a little bit about how you can tell that you're breathing correctly. So when you ask your athletes to check in, what are you asking them to check? Yeah, like are their diaphragms moving out? Are you having them put their hand on their stomach? Or just thinking about how fast they're breathing? It, 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 let me go over a couple different ways of doing it. One of the, the most easiest ways that I was taught years ago is uh, when you're, uh, if you're uh, uh, you know, if you like to read in bed uh, or lay flat on the floor, put a book on your belly um, and just start to breathe. If you do not feel or see that book going up and down, that means you're breathing up from your chest, right? We're just we're just breathing from the lungs. We're not using our diaphragm at all. If you've ever lost a newborn baby or a young child in bed sleeping at night, you will see their belly blow up like a Buddha belly. And, and, and that's ultimately how we need to breathe. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be taught a technique that I absolutely have fallen in love with from a, uh, a, a commander, uh, ex-Navy SEAL commander, um, Mark Devine, who taught me how to do box breathing. And I do it religiously every single day. Is that the four by four? It's, it's, a, it's a five by five, oh. but it can be a four by four. People who are new to it, it can be three by three, and what that means is this. You take a, a deep, long, slow breath of air through your nostrils, hold it for three seconds, exhale it out through your mouth with a nice little, you know, ah or, or grunts. Hold it at the exhalation for three seconds. Do that ten times. 
I promise you the first couple times you do it, you're going to feel like you're going to go into, oh my God, I can't breathe. I'm going into a slight panic attack. Once you get good at it, um, it is life-changing from a day-to-day standpoint. But watch how it will directly affect your swimming in a positive manner. That's what I tell I do the 4 by 4 for my clients. Yep. So, but I... I might start telling them to start, you know, do five, start graduating to five by five. Commander Devine uh, suggested we start off at what works well for us: three by three, four by four. But the ultimate goal is to get to five by five. Um, I, I live and die by the, the conceptual idea to live like a Navy SEAL. I mean, if, if I can do four, I can do five. Right. And at that point, you're really starting to exercise the diaphragm. And let's remember, the diaphragm is nothing, nothing more than a muscle. So if we are have always shallow breathing, we were breathing from our chest um, and, and, and strictly from our lungs and not using the diaphragm, we are really shortchanging our body from a cellular standpoint of feeding that body enough oxygen to be able to do what we're asking for. Uh, again, from our daily existence, uh, living in a, in a very stressful world to uh, uh, preparing for endurance uh, sports and uh, activities. Well, that is all great information. The listeners out there, if you're not focusing on your breathing, you're, you're really losing a huge key in optimizing your performance. Agreed. I, uh, I, I, uh, I, I will kid my athletes. Um, uh, Maslow's hierarchy of need. I think Maslow knew exactly what he was talking about when the first hierarchy of need was breath. Uh, he was right on. Um, I tell my athletes, breathe and breathe off on race day. Unilateral breathing, breathing every stroke. Practice, bilateral breathing. Why? We're trying to build lung capacity. We're trying to get that hypoxyl. And hypox, remember now, hypox in Greek simply means without oxygen. That's all it means. And we're not trying to teach our body to swim without oxygen oxygen, as much as we're trying to teach our body to swim and tolerate the carbon dioxide in the bloodstream. Uh, We are literally trying to teach to swim with uh, poison in our bloodstream. And when you can successfully do that, um, you're going to become a better swimmer. I've learned and studied from some of these free divers. Uh, I've talked to uh, a couple, a couple down who uh, own studios down in Mexico, and any triathlete would benefit by following what they do. Uh, I mean, some of these guys are going for eight up to ten to twelve minutes underwater without a breath. That is amazing. It shows you what the human body is capable of. Uh, not uncommon uh, in Navy SEAL training. These young men through buds in Hell Week will be uh, uh, held underwater, tied, uh, uh, feet and hands, um, under there for four plus minutes without breathing. And oh, by the way, you've got uh, a buds commander, you know, beating the crap out of you. Okay, so the body is capable of doing it. It's like any other muscle. It has to be trained. But it goes back to our seven Bs. The first B is believe that you're capable of doing it and practice it perfectly every day. You're going to get this. That's really great information, and especially about the, the holding your breath for so long. So how long does it take to adapt to that? Depends upon the person. I mean, if, you know, if, um, if if somebody comes from a athletic background, they can get it pretty quickly, meaning athletic in nature that maybe they are coming from a running background, they will get it quicker. If I get athletes who are absolutely brand new to any aerobic endeavors whatsoever, it's going to take time. Um, let's be honest, if they came to me as a, a smoker and they've quit it for a few years, 
their lungs are still in the healing process. It's even going to take longer. Um, you know, and then there's some medical issues, any sort of asthma or, or uh, breathing conditions, it takes a little bit longer to do that. But if you stay with this and practice it every day, and let me just say this to you, Stephanie, there are actually devices that you can buy and stick in the mouth. I use one daily, and I will always premise it and say to people, don't use it while you're driving. It's a great time to practice your breathing when you're driving. But the last thing you want to do is be blacking Be out, okay, yeah. and distracted and blacking out while you're driving. But I have one, and and I do apologize. I it's not that I am uh, uh, an opponent of any particular brand, but the one I use, I don't even remember the name of it. But you go online, you put it in your mouth, you dial down the amount of air you're allowed to bring in, and you have to really force out the exhalation. Snorkels. Another great uh, opportunity to start to work your diaphragm. Uh, with my more experienced athletes, I will take the snorkel and I will take a piece of tape and put it over the half of the, you know, of the tube. So they are, it's like they're breathing through a, like a drinking straw and exhaling out through a drinking straw. Um, does it suck for the first few times? Oh, absolutely. But, you know, as the old uh, Navy SEALs will tell you, embrace the suck. Right? Embrace the suck. Wonderful. That sounds great, Peter. That sounds great. I am so excited about helping folks learn more, do better. You're a great coach, and all the bees are destined to help all those athletes out there. Thanks, Steph. Appreciate it as always.